on this episode, we are going to get into the details of what Jesus went through for you and for me. We're going to talk about the trials that he went through that were illegal, and we're going to talk about what he was charged with. We're going to talk about some of the details of how he died and what happened before he was on the cross and while he was on the cross. After hearing these details, you will never think about what Jesus did for you in the same way again. And we're going to talk about the resurrection and how well established is that in history? Is it a historical fact? Is it up for debate? What's going on with that? We're going to talk about that. And lastly, I'm going to give you an activity that you can do on Easter with your family. And it includes a free download to get you started with that activity. It's going to be awesome. And it celebrates the true reason for the season, the resurrection of our Lord and King and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is an awesome episode and you're going to enjoy it. So let's get into it right now. This is Your Faith at Work, the show that helps you get your faith out of the church and into the world. God is on the move right now in the marketplace and culture through people just like you. You were created for influence and impact. Let's take your faith to the next level. Learn more at ryanshoward.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ryan S. Howard. Well, hello and welcome to another episode. I've got a very exciting and timely, urgent and important topic on this episode. We are talking about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and a few of the events leading up to that. And there are some uh, riveting details that I'm going to go over that uh, you may not have thought about before. And so we're going to talk about the trials of Jesus. We're going to talk about his death and what that actually looked like and what took place and what he went through. And then we're going to talk about, from historical perspective, also the resurrection and how this is the most well-established historical fact in the history of mankind. Can you believe that? Well, it also happens to be the most important historical fact in the history of mankind, and it also happens to be the most important aspect of Christianity altogether and what God did for us so that we could know him and spend eternity with him. So let's dive right in, starting with the trials. Now, did you know that uh, Jesus had six trials? He didn't have one trial. He had six trials. In fact, he had three religious trials and three Roman trials. And what's fascinating, you know, I was reading through uh, with my family and John, this is hap- this is uh, testimony is in John chapters uh, 19. Well, it's in all four gospels, but Uh, This particular part of it, I went through John 19 and 20. And if you just go through that, that's sort of the end of uh, his life on earth. And then going through the resurrection and, and, uh, you know, obviously he's still alive today. But John says in uh, chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, he tells the purpose of writing this book. Now he says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Well, we got to repent and believe. And so this is all about real life with Christ, really knowing him. So getting into these trials, what were the trials that he had? Well, did you know that these were not even legal trials? According to Jewish law. So what was he charged with? Well, all four gospels record this, these, like I said, and he was charged with blasphemy for claiming to be the son of God and even claiming to be God himself. And the Jewish leaders couldn't recognize their own Messiah before their eyes. 
You know, so he went through these six trials, like I mentioned, three religious and three Roman trials. But according to Jewish law, these were illegal in nature. And so I'm going to give you uh, the reasons. There are seven reasons that they were illegal in nature. But what were the three trials? Well, he first appeared before Annas, and then he appeared before Caiaphas, and then he appeared before the Sanhedrin. And for the Roman trials, he appeared before Pilate the first time, and then he appeared before Herod. And then a second time before Pilate again. And, you know, I love the scene that's recorded when Jesus is talking to Pilate and in uh, John chapter 19 and uh, starting in verse 10, Pilate says, so Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? And I love this. Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Well, how incredible is that? I mean, how baffling did that have to be for Pilate? Just hearing what he said and Jesus' response is, well, you wouldn't have this authority unless it had been given to you from above. Well, just incredible. So, I, you know, Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent, and uh, but he still went through with, with what happened because he was worried about his position. And of course, all of these uh, religious leaders were worried about their position, their power, because Jesus, the people loved Jesus. Many people loved Jesus because, you know, it was truth. These people had an issue, yeah, with Jesus, but really it was with the truth, with truth. And that's the same as today. They tried to stamp him out so that his message wouldn't be propagated, that it wouldn't go forward and that people, because they had the corner on the business of people coming to God. That's what the religious leaders had at the time. They were also the political leaders in, in the Jewish uh, community at that time. That's what it was. And the Jewish leaders reported uh, to the Romans and they collected taxes and sent those to Rome. And they obviously took advantage of the Jewish people, but it was greed, self-centeredness and corruption, no different than today. And so we have the same thing over and over and over, nothing new under the sun, just like Solomon says. And so what we have though, is they are pushing him out. They went through these illegal trials and got just to silence him. To, and just like today, people are being canceled all over the place because they're sp- spreading the truth. And so, well, why? back to these trials, though, why were they illegal? Well, the first reason was that there was no possibility of a fair trial because they had actually plotted to kill Jesus ahead of time. That made it a, an illegal trial. The second was uh, it was actually illegal to hold a capital trial at night when a life was at risk because they're talking about the death penalty. So it had to be held during the day, according to Jewish law. The third is that it was illegal to look for witnesses after the trial started. And, and they did that. They had to find, they had to find someone who would lie and, and give this, uh, you know, (laughs) false witness against Jesus. And then the fourth is that false witnesses, uh, should not have been sought after, obviously. And then the fifth one is the false witnesses should have been punished if the Sanhedrin knew their testimony was false. Now, they actually sought them out to find them to give a false testimony to get the result they wanted with Jesus. And so they did that. Well, obviously, they knew it was a false testimony. So right there, they broke their own law as well. And the sixth one was with a capital case, the judgment should have been delayed until the next day. And so they had to have a certain period of time that would have passed between the judgment and when that was being carried out. And so uh, the seventh 
was that the testimony of Jesus was never actually considered. They simply used his acknowledgement that he was the Messiah and then he accused him further with that. And so seven reasons right there. It's clear that they had no interest in a fair trial. These Jewish leaders, they were only concerned about their role and authority and uh, accomplishing their objective to have Jesus killed. So then we begin this path and Jesus is sent off after from Pontius Pilate and he goes and he is mocked. They put this crown of thorns on him. Okay, this crown of thorns, this, these are what, maybe two inch thorns. These aren't just little things on a rose that you get for your wife or that you received sometime. These are thorns that were, you know, inch or inches long and would actually have gone through his, into his skull. I mean, that's how it would have been. And they're mocking him, spitting on him, making fun of him. And then they take him, they strip him naked, and they start beating him with these whips. Now, it's bad enough to be beat with a whip, but actually probably what they had was little bone fragments that they would take and tie them into the ends of these whips. And yes, it's, uh, you know, you think a bull whip and it has like one whip on it, but this actually would have been, had cords on it, like, I don't know, 10, 15 cords with pieces of fragments of bone in them. And actually when they hit Jesus with it, it would rip the flesh off. And, you know, the Bible actually says that he was not recognizable as a person. Can you imagine that? Whip, 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 the back, scratching the back. And all of these people are watching this happening, watching this happening. And he is just crying out and all his flesh is being ripped off his back, off his face, off his body, everywhere, legs, everything, unrecognizable as a human. And that's just the beginning. So he's beaten and then they take him and they give him this cross and he has to carry his own cross. Could you imagine how exhausting that would be to having been beaten to a pulp, beaten to where they can't even recognize him as a person. And now he's got to carry his own cross. The two others that were crucified with him doesn't say they had to carry their own cross and they were just crucified. So he's beaten probably all the way to where he's got no energy, completely exhausted. And it's just a miracle that he's even survived that. Now he's got to carry his own cross. So he goes out up this hill and then they nail him to the cross. Let's zoom in on this a little bit. You know, years ago, I had a motocross accident. I overjumped this big jump, landed, flew off the bike, and I broke my ankle. Now I had to have a surgery where they had two screws that they put in my ankle. And, you know, yeah, I had the surgery. I was out for it, so I didn't feel anything. I woke up, uh, had a, a nice quick recovery, but they gave me some pain medication and they said, do not miss taking this medication at the exact time that you're supposed to take it. And I followed that for, you know, the first few days. And then I was about 15 minutes late one day and it was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life. It was not even close to the pain that I, I, I nothing was even close to that. I've had all kinds of other injuries and accidents. I've broken 12 bones. I've had my ribs cracked at my spine, it, it, like all kinds of stuff and broken hand and wrist and all kinds of things. And even the injury, the broken ankle was nothing compared to the pain I felt when I didn't take that medication and those two screws that were actually drilled into the bone in my ankle. Now, that pain was excruciating, almost blacked out from the pain. Now, <laughs> Jesus had nails driven through his ankles, through his bones in his feet and into the cross, into the wood, the tree. And then he would have had the same thing in his wrist. 
or in his forearm, and then it would have tore down, because if it was in the hand, it would have just ripped out. So it would have been either in his wrist or in his forearm, and then it would have probably torn down to his wrist and then stuck in his wrist. And that's where that's what it was as he was hanging on the cross. But here's the thing. It's not only having all of those in his bones, in his ankles, and in his wrists, but it's having to bear his weight. He has to choose. Is he going to, you know, because dying from crucifixion is suffocating That because the arms are up in the air. If you hold your arms up in the air, you can't breathe that well. And if you do it long enough, that there's suffocation begins. And that's actually how people die from crucifixion. But Jesus and these other two, they had to choose. Am I going to put, are they going to push up with their, their feet and have the weight of the, the nails in the bones of their feet, their ankles, that all of their weight is on that hundred, over a hundred pounds on that, on those two nails in the ankles, or are they going to pull themselves up with their arms and have the weight, all of their weight on those nails in their wrists? I mean, just unbelievable what the pain Jesus had to be in. And imagine this just rugged cross with splinters and all kinds of stuff in his body. He's up there bleeding and he can't, you can't even recognize him as a human. And he's got this crown on his head and it, it, it's just an unimaginable scene. Well, this is what happened. And so then it goes on to talk about how, uh, let's see, I love it in uh, chapter 19 still, uh, in verse uh, 30, it says, when Jesus received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, he gave up his spirit. Now, he was actually on the cross. He, the others were still alive, and that's why they came to break their legs because they, were push, they'd be, they would have been pushing themselves up to catch their breath and then hang back down uh, to not suffocate because it's just excruciating pain. But they broke their legs so that they couldn't do that anymore. They couldn't use their legs to push up, and then they would die faster, suffocate faster. But Jesus died earlier, which, and it says he gave up his spirit. So he chose he still wasn't killed. He chose. He gave up his spirit. And so, I mean, this is just amazing what Jesus did for you and for me. And this is what he went through. Now, it doesn't end there. So he died. They came and they put the spear in his side and blood and water came out. And there's science, scientific uh, evidence now that supports why that would have happened. Even when he was in Gethsemane and sweating blood, you know, people for years would say, oh, it's not possible. So the Bible is wrong on this or the blood and water. But it come, turns come to find out science later <laughs> comes to, to show evidence that that is what happens in those situations. Now, resurrection, he died, but he didn't stay in the tomb. He, he was resurrected. So we praise God for that. And so they're put him in this tomb. And, but what about this resurrection? Well, he, he appeared to hundreds of people. He, there's all this evidence that happened. And I just want to summarize that with one statement from uh, Thomas Arnold. He's a uh, historian. He was the chair of modern history at Oxford. And he's, you know, well acquainted with the value of evidence and determining historical facts. And this is a quote from Josh McDowell's, uh, the new evidence that demands a verdict. And uh, it's just incredible, but it says, uh, it's a quote from this Thomas Arnold from Oxford. He says, I know of no one fact in history of mankind, which is proved by better and fuller evidence of every sort to the understanding of a fair inquirer than the great sign, which God hath given us that Christ died and rose again from the dead. 
That I mean, that says it right there. It is just incredible. That is what we need. That is the evidence, and there that we probably should do another episode on that because it is the most well-established historical fact. It is the most, and it and Christianity rises or falls in that. Paul even says, "If Christ didn't rise from the dead, we're all fools. We're all fools." Well, guess what? He did rise from the dead, and praise God for that. And you know, this is such an incredible fact, you know, and, and it sort of gets glossed over during the time of year where we have Easter and it can be very commercialized and we have a bunny and we've got candy and we've got egg hunts and all kinds of stuff. And I just want to say a quick note that we need to keep the main thing, the main thing. Jesus is the reason for the season at Christmas and he's the reason for the season at Easter as well. This is resurrection day. I mean, the greatest day in the history of mankind, Jesus Christ resurrected, conquered death for for us. And we just have to receive that like a free gift. It's a free gift. You receive it, but we got to repent and we got to believe that he paid that sacrifice for us. He paid that for us and we got to follow him and become his disciples after we do that. Well, I want to give you an idea that you can do that. This is my wife and I did this with our son. He's uh, just about 18 months old at the time of recording this. And what we have is it's called resurrection eggs. And basically, you just take these little pieces of paper, you cut them up and you put them in the eggs, and then you can hide them if you want or whatever, but get them all out and you open them in a particular order. And it has a little symbol in it, each one you open up. And as you open it, you see the symbol and then you tell the part of the story that is associated with that symbol. And so it goes through the whole uh, story of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And that way you can have the eggs, you can have your kids involved. It's really a lot of fun and you can uh, you know, really get into the story if you want to and just have a lot of fun with it. And like I mentioned in the opening, I'm going to have a free download that you can get to do this activity with your kids. You just have to cut them out and put them in there and open them up in the right order. And you can thank my lovely wife, Bruna, for taking the time to put this together for you uh, to download and uh, just real easy. And I'll give you, after I describe it a little bit, how you can get that. So now I'll just give you a real quick overview of what the different eggs are and what the symbols are. But the first one is a donkey, and that represents Jesus riding in to Jerusalem, his triumphal entry. And then the second is a cup that represents the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples before he was betrayed. The third one is a coin that represents the 30 pieces of silver that Judas Iscariot received for betraying Jesus. And then the fourth is praying hands where Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And the fifth is a whip where they beat and mocked Jesus. The sixth was a rooster representing when Peter betrayed Jesus. You can imagine how difficult that was. And literally the Bible says that Jesus turned and looked at Peter and the rooster crowed. So Jesus was within earshot and he heard Peter betray him. But praise God, Peter uh, didn't stay down. He turned back and later got filled with the spirit and God used him to build the church. So after the rooster, the seventh one is the crown of thorns. So that gets in again to what the what they were doing to Jesus, to him, the king of the Jews and, and mocking him. And then the eighth one is the the nail is the little nails uh, that make up a cross, and of course that's his crucifixion. The ninth was the spear when they put that into his side uh, to make sure that he was dead. The tenth, the linen cloth that he was wrapped in to put in the tomb. The eleventh is a little stone that represents the uh, tomb, and then the twelfth one here it is 
It's an empty egg because the tomb was empty. Jesus was resurrected. Praise God. So um, I'm going to give you in just a second here how you can download that one sheet and you can print them out and cut them up and put them in the eggs and have lots of fun there. So, But I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, just going back through this from a historical perspective and getting in more granular, some of these details to see just how horrific it was what Jesus went through for you and for me and how we need to just live every day. I mean, it is the most horrific thing you can imagine, the most torturous situation. And it was God that came to earth to do that for us. It's just incredible. And just praise God for that. All right. Now, if you want to get that one sheet, I'm going to have you get your phone out. Or if you're already on it, start a text message to 833-261-1784. 833-261-1784. And just text the words Easter Egg Activity. Three words. E-A-S-T-E-R-E-G-G-A-C-T-I-V-I-T-Y. Easter egg activity, and I will get that to you. Text will just be a little quick download. You can do it all on your phone, and uh, you'll be good to go. So, all right. Well, I hope that blessed you, and praise God, Jesus is alive. He is risen, and we serve him. So go forth and follow him, seek him, and prosper. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and you can help spread the word by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with your friends. Visit RyanSHoward.com to learn more about living the intentional, influential, and impactful life you were created for.